In the box. Hey, in the box. Night. What's going on, y'all? Welcome back to God Be the Glory. How you feeling, bro? Hey, man. Feeling good, man. Happy Friday. Happy Friday, you know, too. Well, this, day, yeah. this week went by fast, man. Real fast. It sure did, man. Hey, but man, I'm glad yeah. to be live, though. Hey. We got a, we got a great show we for you guys. Uh, we got Demi Day in the house. Fire and uh, just had a coming. We got oh, salutations to the nations. What's going on, Demetrius? <laughs> All right, here there we go, go, man. So, uh, want you guys, man, to hang tight. You know, if you can, share the show out, please we do. Gonna, we're gonna be right back. Fundamentals and build blocks yeah. turn to advice when I'm in that spot. Yeah. When I got questions, and that's a lot. Perfect time to hear from Rico in the box. What's up? Yeah. Love it, love it. Shout what? out to my dude, Radi uh, Radiant, man, on that in the box, man. Yes, sir. And, um, love, you know, love the intro, man. My dude, man, Radius. Radiant. I'm probably going to call him Radiant. Radiant. Why I want to say Radiant? <laughs> like, like he's going in a circle. Oh, yeah. man. <laughs> Radiant. Now, Radiant for Mortal Kombat. Yeah. No, know, right? Yeah, yeah. Radiant for Mortal Kombat? Yeah, man. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, glad to have you ready, ready. That's what yeah. it is, man. Yeah, but just a couple, man, housekeeping things we can get out, man, before we get going. Here you go, Ron. All right, music industry makeover. Tune in on Thursdays. All right, hey, hey, we give some great marketing tips at nine o'clock p.m. We have some guests sometime. All right, so tune in Thursday nights. We we get it in for you. Also, don't forget critical dialogue on Tuesday. Had a great show last week. Hey, going to do it again this week Tuesday. Talking about the rapture at end times. Join us eight thirty p.m. Myself and Andrew Crawley for sure. All right, so join us there definitely. Yeah, we and then uh, Big Phil, if you haven't had an opportunity to go pick up Big Phil Quarantine Dreams. Dreams, yeah. Uh, shout out to Big Phil, my homie, man. Uh, it's dope, yeah. man. And also, shout out to yeah. GCS, God yeah. Shows a Soldier. Another great one right there. Another, great you know, guy. humble brother, man. His wife is a producer. Go check him out. You can stream You can stream oh. that uh, on, on YouTube, man. He's dope. And, and oh, shout out to my sis, man, Serious Voice. Serious Voice, yes. Hey, oh, yeah. her and her husband. Man. Yeah, she's bringing it, man. It's a good thing. And then also, let's not forget our sister Dice Gamble. She's actually putting together CJ yeah. University, University for you that uh, actually want to uh, be educated on the music business, music, you know, mixing and mastering. Ron and I both are teaching classes, man, on there as well. Yes, and we um, also, man, well, right now we got song review and promotion that we're doing. Just hey, $15. Just $15 um, y'all. That's temporarily, because it. it's going to go up. Because uh, as y'all know, we are going to Roku and Amazon yes, as well. We and um, if you're an artist and you really just don't have someone in your corner to kind of really check out your music, we do offline song review and critique. You know, behind the scenes, we kind of go through your song, make sure everything's professional and sound good, or all the instruments in the right place. And, um, you know, and we may even give you ideas as well. So me and, uh, you know, me and me and D-Ray, he's going to be on. Me and D-Ray, man, will probably be doing that for you. And then let's not forget Sunday night, me and Pastor Ricky, um, as we do um, Just Life. If you're dealing, if you're struggling with life, dealing with life issues, 
you know, a lot of times, man, it's kind of hard for you to 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 get through something on your own. Everybody can't encourage themselves. That's what the show is about. And this Sunday, man, is going to be uh, dealing with the blended family because I know a lot of people want to get married. You have kids, and there's just rules to having a blended family. Let me see. I got a couple of wow. Uh, got Wayner. What's going on? How you doing? What's up, Wayner? Glad yeah. to have you. All right. And now, without further ado, we're going to bring in Demi. Jimmy, Jimmy. and y'all know D-Ray, the producer, you know, he's all with us on, but you know, why is, well, why is D-Ray here? You know, what D-Ray got? I don't, to know. <laughs> I don't know why D-Ray here. Yeah. I am a, de I am a definite member of the day crew. Hey, um, <laughs> right. Yeah, yeah. Security, there's no tailgating when you're supposed to swipe your bags. You don't have your bags. You're supposed to get in. I'm your bag. <laughs> Man. This is nothing behind uh, Dim. Uh, glad to have Dim today. Rapper, songwriter. How you doing? How you doing, sis, man? Glad to have you, man. Yeah. I'm doing good. Thanks for having me. Yeah. yeah, man. We uh, we, you know, first time I heard your music, man. I had to, I had to go ahead and say, man, I had to throw you in my top five. Man, you know, there's not a lot of women. Not that women can't rhyme, but just a lot of women don't have confidence, and these a lot of women they want to sound like other people. But I right. truly say, man, you got your own little lane. Yes, she and, uh, I ain't gonna say little lane. You got a big lane. <laughs> um, but I actually, man, put you in my top five. You know, no order. But I wanted before we get rolling, man. I wanted we're gonna start with this and then we're gonna come back because I want people to kind of hear, man. Uh be like you. Is uh it's crazy. We uh we filmed that almost the uh we released that video almost a year ago to the day. We released that this time last year, July 26th. So yeah. Yeah, that's not right. Yeah. Coming up on that anniversary, releasing that one. So yeah, that's crazy. So, yeah. so what, what? I mean, what that that song be like? I mean, yeah. take, walk us back, man. Walk us back. Take us, take us there. <laughs> take us there. <laughs> well, that was that was a lot of passion in that song, man. And and, and where where did it come from? Where did it stem from? Yeah. And talk talk about it. Yeah, well, you're a Rhapsody fan, so um, part of the inspiration behind it actually came from Rhapsody. Shout out to Rhapsody um, uh, on her Layla's Wisdom um, album, the, the intro track, Layla's Wisdom. Uh, that track for me was inspirational to me because the first set of bars, she's speaking in second person, like she's speaking directly to you and offering you all this motivational stuff. And then sure. she flips it and she starts talking about herself and her journey. Um, and so uh, when I was working on the EP plans that I released, Last year, um, I had recorded all of the records for it, and I had I had this beat um, that I hadn't written to. Everything else was done. My session was about done for that day. Um, but I just asked the engineer. I was like, "Well, just play this beat. I might, you know, I might come up with something." So he plays the beat, and it just hit me like, "This is my chance to pour into somebody the way Rhapsody poured into me," you know. Uh, and so I was like, you know what, let me, let me try to sketch something out. And I wrote the whole thing, like 30 minutes. And then we, I hopped in the booth, recorded it and was done. Wow. Yeah. So that's, that's a true cool. artist right there. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, man. That's, that's, yeah. <clears throat> because uh, I mean, obviously you got other music, you know, people go, if you go to, if you go to YouTube, well, tell, you tell people, man, where they can find you at real quick. <laughs> 
So. Oh yeah, they can find me at Demi Day Official on just about everything: YouTube, Facebook, Instagram, Twitter. Uh, that's D E M I D A Y Official, and uh, you can find me. So, yeah, oh yeah, they got you. They got you mapped out pretty good. But you know, if you go to YouTube, man, you can check out. But then D Ray manages her, so that's how DJ end up get kind of tailgating into the. Sh- I'm just playing, with you, man. D Ray. <laughs> <laughs> that's fine. That's fine. That's all right. Jamaica Henderson, hey, like a boss. Yeah. And, uh, the, the, the thing that I wanted, I want to talk about. I want to, you know, jump right in. You know, being because this is month we're kind of talking about female MCs, female creatives, um, and a lot of a lot of female MCs, they kind of get the shoulder in the stick. You know. If you had to tell me, you know, because I there are I know women can rhyme, right? There are some women that can rhyme, <laughs> you know. And but what is it from your perspective the reason women not accepted as MCs? <laughs> There's a lot of reasons. Um, I want you give give me your give. Me, I know there's a lot of reasons, but in yeah. your mind, from from your perspective, because right. obviously I'm a man, I'm not a woman, so I can mm-hmm. I can I'm only going to have a, a manly perspective. But you tell me as a female in that space, your top three issues that you face and why you don't feel like the female MCs don't get respect and your from your perspective. And it's objective, you yeah. know what I mean? You know? Yeah. Well, it depends on like who we're talking respect from who, right? Because, you know, there's a generalization there with like, who will we be getting respect from? It's a male dominated industry. It's a lot of men behind the scenes. Um, it's a lot of male artists at the forefront. So. If we're talking respect for men, uh, you know, like that's a that's a long road ahead, right? That's that's just like black people asking, you know, for white people to treat us as equals, you know, and to see us as human with dignity, you know what I mean? Like um, when we when we think about sexism and patriarchy, right? It's gonna be really hard uh, for men to like actually take the time to listen to a woman's narrative um, when they already don't believe they connect to it. You know what I'm saying? Um, you know, I know I had people on my timeline when Cardi B's first album dropped and and, you know, there were men on my my social media feeds talking about dudes. Are we actually bumping Cardi B in the car? Nah, I just can't see it. You know what I mean? And there's a perception. Right. Um, in terms of one's masculinity and black masculinity. Right. That if you're listening to uh, a female hip hop artist. Right. And bumping Cardi B in your car. Right. That does something in terms of what people think about your masculinity. So then that toxicity gets perpetuated in such a way that, yeah, most most men are not going to consume um, a lot of female MCs and especially not publicly touting their horn uh, for a female MC. So, yeah, I mean, I, I, I could I could, you know, line up 20 guys in here and ask them, you know, uh, you know, to look through. Their, their musical library, wherever they save music at Spotify, Apple Music, whatever it is, you know, and ask them how many female rappers you got in there. And if they really a hip hop head, they might have like six or seven, you know what I'm saying? But like, right. uh, the, the, you know, it's just disproportionate all around. And so, um, so I think that's one thing. Um, and then of course that just trickles down, you know, we talk about respect, from MC to MC who are female or whatever, you know, uh, there's internalized um, oppression too. Uh, And so, you know, oftentimes there's this need to feel like we have to battle because 
only one female can be at the top sort of thing. You know what I'm saying? Uh, so yeah, it's a lot. It's a lot there. It's a lot there. I, I want you to. I want you to tap. Just. I want you to go back. Just slide. Just. Just, just nudge the reel back. Just a tap. And I want you to talk about internalizing and the, the the internal oppression. Talk about the internal oppression and how that is really prevalent and what happens when you, when a female deal with internal oppression, especially as a creative. Like, what is that? Why is that? How is that? And how can women, you know, overcome that? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, so this is my, this is in no right. way, shape, or form. Subjective. Textbook, definition, whatever, you know, um, this is my opinion on it. You know, I think I think internalized oppression kind of works, um, you know, uh, on a subconscious level and with with like how we're raised and what we're raised to believe um, and socialized to believe growing up. You know what I mean? Uh, and so it's not just hip hop necessarily, but just like this idea for the black woman, I feel like. Um, is that we have to compete for attention. And, and that's something that, that does get internalized at a young age for most black women. Um, and so, yeah, so then when it comes to career and it comes to, you know, um, people, whatever they deem as a successful life, they feel like they gotta compete with the next person. Um, and I think that idea that we have to compete is something that we didn't create, um, but it's something um, that society tells us we have to do, uh, you know, and, and with hip hop, you'll, you'll see that competition created in very, very unhealthy ways. Um, you know, you see colorism perpetuated in very unhealthy ways in hip hop and it's by men, you know, telling us, you know, you got to dance this way or you got to be independent or you got to be light skinned and you got to be this, that, you know what I mean? And that gets internalized. Uh, and so then, you know, people walk around wondering, am I meeting these markers? You know what I'm saying? Uh, and so that has to be dismantled. Um, but that work, you know, requires a lot of self-work, self-awareness, uh, a lot of honesty, vulnerability, and it requires a community, you know what I mean? Um, people to kind of unearth their internalized oppression, their insecurities, their traumas, their triggers, right? That's a whole lot of work that, you know, most of us will do for the rest of our lives that we're here. You know, I like I like the word dismantle uh, because me, for one, I'm not a, I, I don't I'm not into competition because when, when you compete for something for me. Now, this is subjective because this is my mind. Right. You know, I'm Rico Gibson. You know, although I look my name up and I didn't know, man, I had this other eight other Rico Gibson, but they ain't me. Right. Um, they don't play like me. They don't breathe like me, don't talk like me, don't act like me, although they may have my name. But I feel like when you can't be like you can't be <laughs> like me. That's why I love that song. Because yeah. I, I, I believe in, in, in at being an individual, right? And I don't I'm not gonna ever stoop so low as to compete because for me, when I'm competing for something, that's saying that I could win or lose. As far as I'm concerned, I'm already winning when I even step up and put my shirt on. When I open my eyes. In the morning, I'm already winning, right? So I don't have nothing to prove to anybody. And so I don't believe in competing, especially when it comes to artistically, because art, we're all supposed to bring something different and dynamic to the space. 
So it's really, there's really no reason to compete, right? I think that's Unless, why. Uh, go ahead, Ron. That's why we need more songs like hers there out there because we have, we have a lot of people who don't have that confidence, you know. Mm -hmm. And and I wanted I wanted to say too, you are LBGTQ L L L L G L G. So and 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 the thing is, is I wanted to tap into that, you know, you know, and although we actually, and I'm gonna say, you know, being who I am, I that's I don't subscribe necessarily to that lifestyle. Right. Just more or less. I don't subscribe to the polygamy lifestyle. Men having, you know, eight different women, nine different women. I, I got I got one wife and two girls and I'm sitting there looking at my wallet like, boy, when they get about 10, 11, it's going to be trouble. I, I'm saying that to say, you know, we can be different, you know, although we may not agree with each other. Right. We may not we may not have the same perspective. But, you know, I was listening to Charlemagne. <clears throat> he was talking about the Kanye situation. And what I, a lot of times, you know, Charlemagne talked crazy, right? You know, but we all here and there hear Charlemagne say, say, say a few good things. But, you know, he was telling that, you know, Nick Cannon, although I don't disagree with everything Nick Cannon said, because we have history that, you know, there's, there's been massacres you know, rape, murder since 16, 16, 16, 60. So there's historical facts there. But what he said was, it's better if you want to know about something or have, or, or kind of have a dialogue, um, you should talk to the person from that community, right? And although we may feel a certain way about who we are, let me see, let me see, hold on, hold on. But Chris, he said, oh boy, not the polygamy word again. Oh yeah. Uh, <laughs> so although we may be who we are and we have we may have a different viewpoint, we still gotta learn to coexist. White people gotta gotta learn to coexist with black people. You know, men have to learn to coexist with women. You know, light-skinned black people gotta learn to coexist with dark-skinned black people. You know, how does your LBGTQ, you know, when, you know, when did you realize that, hey, this is how I feel, this is kind of like, you know, my mindset, you know, was there something that transpired in your life where there's an event, you know, or was it just, you know, something that happened? You know, I can't, you know, talk about that, you know, from your perspective of you being Demi. Yeah. Uh, well, me being me, you know, um, for me, it's not a it, it's not a fixed thing. Right. Like, you know, being a part of the LGBTQ community is not a fixed thing. It's a journey. You know what I'm saying? Um, so it's one I've been on all my life uh, in essence. Right. My awareness of it. Right. Um, you know, came over time in my adulthood uh, um, and sort of realizing, you know what, like. I don't ascribe to, you know, these sort of societal expectations and constructs and norms um, around, you know, who I want to love, um, you know, how I want to show up in those relationships or whatever, um, you know, but that's, that's, that's been a long process and a long journey um, overall. 
Uh, but yeah, I mean, my my experience of it is, you know, I identify as queer and in a lot of different ways. And I, I just think like, it's literally just being, you know, it's 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 being an outcast in a sense, um, right? Uh, but talk, talk, talk about the outcast in a sense. Talk about that for a second. Just elaborate. Yeah. Uh, it's being an outcast in terms of how it's perceived by people who who live according to what's deemed normal and acceptable. Uh, so, you know, people part of the LGBTQ community from those who don't, you know, um, see themselves working outside of those constructs will see us as outcasts, right? Um, but, you know, most people in the community understand that they're doing revolutionary work um, in terms of the progress for humanity. Um, in being true to themselves and in living their best life and not feeling like we have to be restricted because society says this is the way you all live. Um, and so that is what coming out for me is about that sort of revolutionary statement of like, hey, I know y'all say we supposed to live our life this way, um, but I think that's limiting and I'm going to be me and be free and be liberated from that. And, and can I can I interject real quick? Um, I in, in in what Demi said when is when is when she said that it's it's a journey. It is in fact a journey. Um, even with our relationship, both personal and business, um, there have been some bumps and some bruises along the way as I have learned and as my behavior has evolved. Um, because. When I, you know, before I met Demi, I had opinions about LGBTQ that were evolving. I had nothing had really settled yet, but they were evolving. But I met Demi and I didn't see anything but the one of the best MCs I had ever seen in my life. Mm -hmm. And literally, like her performance, the way she held the mic, the way she captivated the lyrics. Um, and the effect that she had on my children, um, in particular, that they were like really digging her. And I was like, wow, she is dope. And as I, as I, it was, it's really, it's, you know, I can only say that it was God that got us together because we met and we exchanged information. We kind of fell out of, out of uh, contact with each other. And then a mutual friend recommended me for her management team out of the blue. And so she was like, oh, I know him. And, you know, we reconnected and it's, and it's been history ever since. And to me, if you really want to have a relationship with someone, it's really all about how you approach the situation. There might be some questions that I have. There have been times that I've had to, you know, we've sat down and I said, look, I don't mean any offense and I don't mean any harm, but answer this for me because I literally want to know know this and know about this. And it's all about really my approach. Am I coming as a friend that really wants to understand or, as, or am I coming as someone that's trying to gain ammunition to change an opinion, you know what I mean? Or to ram my philosophy or whatever down, down their throat. And that type of relationship is, is toxic and it'll never work. So, so, and, and, you know, as I, Prepared for the show because this show, you know, although I'm a believer and um, I have my 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 biases, 
you know, to different things. I wanted to show to to be well rounded for everybody because I think that we can learn a lot from everybody. However, the, the thing that I wanted to kind of interject, um, because as I was listening to Charlemagne, it was like, well, hey, you know, if you, you know, trying to, you know, if you're trying to know about something or, or you want to uh, express, you know, have a conversation, you know, I don't have a problem with uh, any person's lifestyle, right? You know, because that everybody has to make their own choices, right? Just like I have to make my own choices. The problem that I think sometimes and we have to find a way is, you know, we have to coexist, right? And, you know, you have a right to feel however you feel. I have a right to feel however I feel. You know, I don't like, you know, there's a lot. I don't, I don't like liver, right? I don't care who cooks liver. I, I don't like liver. I don't like the taste of it. I don't like the texture of it in my mouth. My mother used to tell me, uh, uh, you don't like my liver because it, it cook it with onions. I don't really care who cook it. I don't like liver. So if you invite me over and you know that I don't like liver and I say, hey, I don't like liver, right? Then you got to fix me another meal so that I can be comfortable and you can eat your liver. So what am I saying? I'm saying that that one of the issues that I know I have is that, you know, we all are individuals and we want to be able to be who we are without the pressure being pushed into some, because I, I believe that everybody should have and be who they are. You know, you, whatever decision that you make, that's you, you know, because if, if, if you, if someone can control you, why can't somebody, you know, because that's what, that's what slavery was about, somebody making you do something. You know, whether you do something right or wrong or indifferent, you know, we all are going to be judged at some point, right? And But the point that I want to make is this. As an MC, you are my top five, you know. I, I, I think I said it before when I, when I first heard you because I'm, I'm kind of hard. I'm kind of hard when it comes to music. Um <clears throat> You know, my top five would be in no particular order. Uh, Rhapsody, you know, I, I, Lil' Kim, Dice Gamble, Serious Voice, and you. You know, now there's another female named, named Leela, Christian rapper, but I hadn't, Leela, I used to manage Leela, I hadn't, I hadn't heard anything she's done lately. But what I love about, what I, what I love about what you bring to the table as an MC, is you sure, you know, you, you, your words are heartfelt. You know, when I listen to your music, I can hear, you know, some things, man, are going on inside of you. You feeling however you feeling, but you express that. What I don't like, man, is hearing rappers really be fake and not who they are. You know, are uh, and, and they don't they don't they don't really sound sure of themselves. But what is it? How what 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 has it been like being who you are and getting out doing your music? You know, have you been getting love? Have you not been getting love? And what is what has the journey been like on the creative side because of who you are? I mean, it's been overall, it's been good. I mean, I don't, I don't come up against a lot of, you know, opposition to what I do. Um, okay. You know, because the energy I put out there, um, kind of like you said, is it's a confident energy. Uh, and because of that, you know, I, I get a lot of affirmation back. You know, I put a lot of gratitude out, I get a lot of affirmation and gratitude back. Um, so I don't come up against a lot of a lot of you know 
um, obstacles um, in regards to my identity because I, I own it. You know what I mean? I'm proud of it. Um, you know, and I just try to, you know, as people will understand, they will understand. And those that don't, you know, I don't I don't typically like, you know, waste my time, you know, um, but those who want to understand, you know, they'll understand they'll get liberated alongside me and we're going to keep pushing. You know what I'm saying? Um, and so, yeah, those are the type of people that, that tend to gravitate toward my music. Those who are confident, um, who believe in liberation, uh, you know, who believe in, in the rights of everybody to live their life, live their best life fully. Um, you know, and anybody who's a hater can get to step in, you know? So, yeah. So, so in that front, I think I've been fine. So, so how do you choose, you know, I listen to your music, man. Your music has a, you know, do you choose your beats? Is D-Ray choosing your beats? You know, <laughs> how, how is that process? You know, the, you know, what, what, how do you determine what, what it is that you want to get on? How do you, how, what's your musical process? Yeah, I, I mean, I shop around, I listen to stuff. I usually know, you know, 30, 40 seconds into a track, whether or not it has potential for me to take be able to take it that long, 30, 40 seconds. Yeah, because, you know, I got to hear, I got to hear how it's structured. Yeah, everything working out. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, you know, if it don't drop right, when the hook's supposed to come in, I might not want to get on it. You know what I mean? Like, I, I want to hear all of the build that the producer has worked on before I make a decision on whether or not I want to approach writing it. Um, but yeah, I, I choose all, I choose all the beats I write to, you know, that's all me. If you had a choice to, to work with somebody, who um, who would you like to work with? Mm. Well, Mariah Carey sits at the top of that list, but uh, <laughs> in terms of rap, <laughs> I say that very seriously. That, that, that was an inside, that's a, that was a, but I, you know, again, being honest, um, but, uh, in terms of, in terms of MCs, um, uh, I would definitely like to do something with Rhapsody, uh, Lupe Fiasco, um, Sheikah, um, uh, who else? Hmm. Yeah. Um, yeah, other than that, you know, people I know, you know, local artists and stuff, some of whom I've already collaborated with. Uh, but yeah. Cool. So, so how do, so how do you how do you feel about where music is headed right now for an independent artist? You know, what what what's your perspective on um what's your perspective on how things are changing and in favor of the independent artists? I know you got D-Ray in your corner, so I know D-Ray has a lot of you got a lot of knowledge walking with you. So besides D-Ray, I want to hear D-Ray talk. I want to hear because I know I know if you say something, I know D-Ray said it. Because I know I read it. No. Well, well first brother. of all, hold on, hold on, hold on. Before you before she goes, let me just interject real, real quick. I pride myself on being around very highly intelligent people. I will say publicly, Demi's smarter than me. So that helps me stay in my lane. Okay. That really, really, really right. helps me. No, no, I'm, I'm, I'm just keep it real. Uh, that helps me stay in my lane because I already know that I'm dealing with a mastermind. And so yeah, he, he told me, he told me, he's like, well, you say, man, she's a genius. Like, if she tell me something's gonna work, he's like, I have my way it's gonna work. And she said, no, do it like this and watch it in a turn. And he said that before. I, I, was, I was looking for that segue. 
Because he just played right in my hand, right? But he told me that. He said he thought you was a, a musical genius. He said because he tried to, if you know, figure that something would work a certain way. And he was like, well, if you just tell him to do it this other way, and he'll sit back and it kind of works out like how you thought it was. So, you know, was is D-Ray your first manager or did someone else manage you before you? Uh, I've been managed before, but this was years ago um, when I first started. Like I, the same day I recorded my demo, um, I my first demo. This was six years ago. Uh, that evening, I had a, an offer for a management deal, and um, which was crazy for me. But it was a good affirmation. Like, okay, maybe this is what I'm supposed to be doing. Um, uh, but yeah, it didn't work out because I moved for graduate school. So I was in Maryland and then I, I moved to North Carolina for graduate school. And at that point we were like four months into everything. And it, you know, it just kind of was a wash. We released a project and that was it. Um, yeah. And so then since then I just kind of been managing myself. So, so what was some, what were some experiences with some negative experiences if you had with previous management that, that you could actually tell other artists that they probably want to look out for? Uh, mm, I mean, that's, that's hard to say, uh, again, because my, my first experience with management was such an anomaly. Um, but I would say, you know, read your contracts, right. Um, understand your contracts, find somebody to help you understand your contracts. Cause a lot of, I think a lot of artists, you know, end up giving away, you know, um, a lot of their early funding to their manager when that's not how that's supposed to work. Or they end up paying their manager up front. Like I know some people run music management where it's just like, oh, you got to head a bag or I'm not managing you. And it's like, that's backwards. This is not how that should work for the artist. The artist shouldn't have to come to you with five grand for you to manage them. Um, you know, so, uh, so yeah, I think that the money piece is big. Um, I also feel like, you know, artists who are being managed should, um, you know, have, have a say and a voice, uh, you know, they shouldn't be being controlled. They're not a puppet, you know what I mean? And if they're not, if they're not having a say, so, um, you know, they're not going to make it very far in the industry as themselves. They'd be done cracked um, at a certain point. Uh, so yeah, I would say those are probably the two biggest things. Um, but yeah, you know, people need managers that, that, that are team players and, and, you know, people who they can consider a friend and they know got their back. Um, they know, you know, when those people are sitting and meeting with other people that they're going to do by, right by them. Um, you know, so definitely that collaborative energy is important. I think with a manager too, you got to definitely set your expectations on right, what are you expecting from them to do? And, you know, again, cause some folks have the misconception of a manager. It's like, you don't do yeah. everything for them. <clears throat> and that's yeah. how it works. You got to have something to manage. <laughs> exactly. You got to put it all in writing. Say, so, hey, this is what I'm looking for. And if they can make moves to any connections that they have. And then, yeah, as you say, got to have something to manage. Because if you got no fans or you're not busy, then what's the point? You know, you know. Right. Yeah. A lot of people think managers are just, oh, I got a manager now. I'm going to make it. And it's like, what? <laughs> right. 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 <laughs> You know, and then too, I, I, one of the things that I wanted to, what I wanted to tap into uh, while I had you on, because uh, we started talking about, you know, fans, and I think a lot of things, a, a lot, uh, when it comes to an independent artist, obviously the thing that you want is fans, 
And, you know, when I first met D-Ray, and I, I met D-Ray on the streaming conversation, on his streaming that he did previously, first time he was on our show. And um, so a lot of people have a lot of bad things to say about streaming, although we know that streaming, you know, we're not paid as artists, producers, we're not paid our fair share to streaming. Uh, but I want to talk about it a little bit because I went in because I'm a numbers guy, and a lot of times man, I like to crunch numbers, and I want to I want to share something. Okay. And then once I share it, I want to I want to get your thoughts on it. Uh, <clears throat> so, you know, what can a thousand super fans and super fans are people that have you know we if you get a thousand people to spend a hundred dollars a year with you because I know you're a genius, you're a math person. That's a hundred thousand dollars a year, right? That you have, right? And so I think a lot of times the artists miss the boat because they're trying to go too big and instead of trying to start small because you only need a thousand people spending a hundred dollars a year for you to make a hundred thousand dollars. Now I want to break this down even further. Mm -hmm. So, so when you got a super fan, yeah. right. And, and say you're a super fan, those thousand, they stream 10 of your songs per day. That's 10,000 streams, right? That your super fans are stream mm -hmm. over thirty days. That's three hundred thousand streams over thirty days, and if we take that, we multiply that by twelve. That's three thousand. Excuse me, three million six hundred thousand streams over a year. Okay. That's off a thousand people, right? Mm -hmm. Now, if we take that and bump that thousand super fans, of course, that's going to take you up to seven million two hundred thousand streams. Mm -hmm. Just for ten songs, you know, over a twelve-month period for two thousand mm -hmm. super fans. Mm -hmm. Now, how hard is it, in your own words, you know, to create a fan? And from your perspective, being the artist that you are, because you have, you know, you I know D-Roy, smart guy, you're a smart girl, you know, your business model, and your what is what does it take in your from your mindset to make a fan, a super fan, one person, what does it take? Oh, well, on the one hand, it takes consistency, right? Um, yeah. So I think, I think just like with anything, you know, any person who comes across your music or even meets you uh, is, is, has the potential to become a fan, right? Um, so, you know, an artist has to show some sort of consistency and what they're bringing to the table, um, you know, because anybody can listen to a song and then go and I don't have any other music, they probably won't become a super fan. You know what I'm saying? Um, but if they go, I have other music, I continue to put music out, right? Um, I continue to make progress in my career. Um, I continue to be a great person, right? The likelihood that that person who heard my song and then kind of tapped in, um, the, the likelihood that they will become a, a fan just increased because I'm being consistent about chasing, you know, my craft and, and doing better at it um, and, and delivering content um, and art that, you know, can be experienced. So uh, I say that that's like kind of number one, um, you know, uh, and then from there, you know, it's part like who you are, you know, your X factor, whether you have the talent, you know, uh, and then after that is is strategy and and money um, <laughs> they're coming to play. Brian, what you was gonna say? Oh, well, I was gonna. Um, if you're done with that question, all right, I'm gonna ask all right for us. 
getting fans. How are you marketing your music and marketing and promoting your music to get in those fans? Different ways, right? Um, you know, so there's sort of the traditional, you know, uh, you know, paid marketing and promotion. And then there's, you know, um, there's shows, there's touring, there's social media, uh, you know, all of that, I think, plays a big part into it. Um, advertisements, things like that, merchandise, having my logo in the background, stuff like that's all a part of marketing for me because it's a part of branding. Um, yeah, so, yeah, I think those are the things. <laughs> yeah, I think, too, I think, too, um, at a level like where I am and where I know a lot of indie artists are, um, another part, and this kind of goes hand in hand with consistency, right, is is um, not just gaining a fan, but keeping a fan. Uh, you know, that's that's a big part of it, especially when you're trying to get to that first thousand super fans. Um, you know, and so your your ability to keep fans uh, is also a marker. And so, like, how can you keep the people who are already there for you happy um, and wanting to come back consistently for more? Uh, so if they trust you. That's how they'll become a um, super fan for you. So that's yeah. what is that. And the reason why I say I, I wanted to jump into that because you know we have conversation all the time, and people tend to think there's no money in music. There's a lot. Right. And people say there's no money being an independent artist. There's a lot. Right. There is money in streaming. It's not maybe what you want. You know, obviously we want the payout to be larger. But D-Ray, my, 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 my little calculator over there. Right. <laughs> you know, seven point seven million, two hundred thousand streams equates to about how much money? <sighs> That's roughly right around nine. Maybe not quite ten thousand dollars. Right now, if that's with ten songs, so that's ten. That's 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 someone is doing ten streams, or you know, each each super fan is streaming ten. One, they could make stream. They may love one song, and because I know some songs, man, I go to listen to something. I listen to it two or three times. If something really dope, I ride around. My wife goes crazy because I sit around. I ride around all day. <laughs> on repeat on that one song because I have an addictive personality. That's who I am as a person. So that's why I, you know when I I had to kind of leave the street, man. I had to leave the street because I, I when I go all in, I go hard. So if I really like the song, I ride around and just put that whole song on repeat. So I brought that up to say to say this: there's money in streaming, but it's not in just you being focused on the stream is you being focused on the people. I like what you said about consistency. Um, you know, what? Tell, give us another point that you learned. Something that you failed at or you that you something that hurt you as an artist, as a creative that you had to learn, that you had to overcome and be better and it made you who you are today, musically. Yeah, um, I think it goes back to what we were saying about trust in terms of like keeping fans. Um, you know, uh, earlier on in my in my rap career, kind of like when I first started sharing music with people, and you know, my my biggest fans were people who knew me from school or you know family or whatever. Um, you know, I was a victim of a, a scam, an industry scam. And talk about uh, 
Yeah, it was a it was a competition, and the <laughs> you know it was a competition, and, and the 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 prize was a chance to perform at the BET Hip Hop Awards weekend. I've heard that before too. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Um, and you know, and so I had one for my city, and like you know, of course, you know, and 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 we all should have known it was a scam, but. Again, I was young, naive, right? Um, because you had to pay to vote. Yes. <laughs> like that's like red pay to vote. Um, that's some foolishness but, right there, bro. But here I was, and you know, I had friends and family, you know, putting money in to vote for me. And then as my name climbed up the leaderboard, more people got inspired who knew me. And so they were like, like people I didn't even really talk to, you know, were like, I just put in some votes for you. So like hell of people put a hell of money. I win. And then, um, you know, I went for my city and everybody's all excited. They're like, you're going to be on TV. Da, 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 da. And it's like, nah, y'all ain't going to be on TV. Uh, <laughs> you know, people talk about they're going to, they're going to record the, the war show on their DVR and everything. And, um, you know, I just, that whole thing, I let a lot of people down. Um, and and then I was embarrassed, you know. Um, oh, so the show, so the show never did happen. No, it did, but it was like you know, it wasn't even in Atlanta. It was like, it was like you know, one of the other cities surrounding Atlanta in some you know uh, venue wow. that these mm -hmm. these organizers had rented out, and it was just and it was like a hundred artists in there because not only did. Oh. The, the people who won in the cities come, but they just have started inviting other artists. And so it was just artists performing for other artists. And yeah, it was a waste of time. And they made a lot of money and scammed a lot of artists. And, you know, um, but yeah, that was really detrimental to the momentum I had built up early on. <clears throat> sort of initial foundation I had, um, it was just kind of a big letdown and, and, and a big, you know, a uh, big, uh, what's the word? you know, strike to my own ego. And so it slowed me down a bit because I had to kind of pivot and rethink and re-strategize. Pivot, um, pivot, pivot, So because there are sharks out there that will prey on your ambitions because a lot of artists want to get famous and like, oh yeah, I'm going to be on, be on or I'll be a TV one, whatever. And yeah, so, you know, they feed off that and say, well, hey, look, we can do this for you. So that yeah. was a big learning lesson for you. Pivot, yeah. pivot. Pivot, pivot. I, I, you know, that's one of my. I, I love that word. I believe in it. Uh, right now, when it missed the COVID, and artists are suffering because they don't know how to pivot. Talk about the pivot. Talk about why the pivot is very important, and talk about how to overcome when you don't want to pivot, but you got to pivot, and why the pivot is a pivot. <laughs> right. Well, pivot is a pivot because you got to keep going no matter what. You know what I mean? Um, and so it's not quite a turnaround. It's not we're not going back. You know, we still going forward. We just not going in the direction we thought we were uh, because we've learned that that ain't the safest route to get there. Uh, so yeah, you know. But it's it, I, for me, it's all about re-strategizing, going back to the drawing board, um, and thinking of what what else you can do. You know, our imaginations are wide enough um, that we might imagine things one way, you know, um, but that one way doesn't have to be it. And so if, if that is not becoming what you imagined it to be, you can always 
imagine something else. Our imagination is unlimited. Uh, and so for me, that's what the pivot is about, imagining another path, another way forward. Um, and so, you know, can no one take that away, that ability away from us? So, you, you know, and that's why, I, that's why you're in my top five, because I, I like how you express yourself. And, I, and really, artists that I kind of listen to that I think are dope are artists that I can identify with, right? And what the thing that I, out of everything else, the thing that I love about you, that I identify with you, is the fact that you're not afraid to be you, right? And that is, that's, I'm ultra rico. Like, I don't really care how nobody feel about me, good, bad, and different. I had to go through some things in life where I was bullied when I was coming, because I was always small. And, um, and I got bullied until I decided that I wasn't going to get bullied no more. And I became the bully. But then I bagged and I changed. You know, the thing is, is I love underdogs. So I identify with, it's just something in me that I kind of gravitate to people when everybody uh, puts them down. And the thing that I, that I love about you is the confidence that you have. And I think that's why... You know, I can't really get into a lot of female MCs because they don't have a level of confidence, you know, and that's why I can't get into a lot of artists. You know, there's a difference between having confidence and being, you know, just being a butthole. Right. You know, and, you know, I know her somebody say this, you know, that being arrogant and confident is just basically who's who's viewing which, who you are. Right. To be confident. You know, that's going to make you as an artist. That's what I identify with you as, as love, because I know for me, I don't, I'm, I'm, even, though I, even though I work in sales and, 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 and uh, there's a whole lot of competition. I, I have two companies and I'm trying to build companies. I'm not in competition with nobody. Right. Because the people that want to do business with me. Come do business with me. Right. The, the fans that you have as an artist that love Demi going to rock with Demi. Because they're like, I don't like John Legend. I could never get into John Legend. He's an okay piano player. His songs never moved me. But, you know, if I said I had, I like Alicia Keys, because when she played, I, I feel something that she plays. You know, so talk about, you know, the competitive aspect and why you decided that you don't have to be competitive. Or you feel like you still got to be competitive, but in a different way. Or what are you competing against yourself? You know, and you know how does that how does that word now competitive sit with Demi Day? Hmm. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Yeah. Um. I am a lover of competition, uh, but yeah, I definitely situate myself in terms of my my music and my art. You know, it's a competition with myself, um, not anyone else, um, in regards to that. Um, so yeah, I do think, uh, you know, one of the things I'm competing with, right. You know, we talked about internalized depression and all of that earlier. Um, but like, there's a certain, um, there's a certain, and this, this might be a hint at like kind of what you said about how you don't see, you know, as many confident female artists, but like, there's a certain entitlement, um, that I think black male MCs have um, when it comes to them stepping up to the mic. Uh, you know, there's a certain like, 
yeah, like this is my lane. I can do this, whatever. Um, and like for me, it's just like reminding myself that I can be that bold as that dude right there um, who can't rap as good as me or whatever, um, you know, who hasn't put in as much time and effort, um, who hasn't strategized as much as me or whatever, but he's just sure when he shows up to this competition or whatever, when he grabs the microphone um, that he got it, you know what I mean? That he can walk in there and he's going to get a record deal and this and that, you know what I mean? And like, for me, my competition with myself is to also be that bold. Um, but at the same time, you know, because of, of, you know, the societal constructs, it's not as common for people to hype up uh, a female artist. In fact, it's just like, oh, for real? You rapping? Oh, okay. You know, and then if you're good, it's like, oh, she's good for a girl, you know, sort of thing. And so for me, it's just like this idea of I should be entitled to that just like everybody else. You know, just like all the other men who are who are taking it up. Um, and so for me, it's like I want to walk in the room with the same type of confidence. And really, at the end of the day, I really just want to walk in the room with the same type of confidence as a straight white man, um, a straight cishet white man is what we would call it in the LGBTQ community. But like that type of confidence, like this is for me. This is meant for me. It's mine. I'm going to take it, um, you know, and I'm going to fulfill what I want to do in life. Uh, and, you know, certain people have certain levels of privileges where they don't think twice about whether something is for them. Um, but when you're situated with the identities that I have and the intersectionality of that, you know, it, it's a lot of work to get there. I, re I remember years ago when uh, the Star Wars pre prequel movies came out and everybody was going crazy when they saw Yoda with the, the lightsaber. Because Yoda is like this diminutive character, small in stature, but powerful in the force. And you knew he was the boss because all of the other Jedi in the movie called him the boss. And then it was in one of those movies where he actually pulled out a lightsaber and showed you what he could do. And at that point, you could never look at him as a diminutive character again. Mm -mm. I have seen Demi walk into a venue and people looking like, okay, what is she about to do? And afterwards, it's like this transformation, like, oh, and I kind of cut her eye and I go, you've made a room full of believers again. And they never forget her. Wow. Well, I got I got one question, because now you got D-Ray as your manager. D-Ray is a very smart guy, and I know that you're smart as well. And, you know, I, I posted a post to say, you know, when you've truly woken up, it's kind of hard to go back to sleep again. And and I want to take that same thought process to apply it to the record industry, record deal, because you can't leave a legacy if you don't own anything. And when you sign deals and you, you know, it's very hard to own the things that you create under the auspices of their umbrella. Because although it's like, you know, I believe for me personally, I don't, I don't want people investing a lot in me. I'm going to I'm gonna put, I'm gonna put way more money into whatever I'm doing than anybody else I come in and let them share in what I'm doing because I'm going to have that control as because it's my legacy, right? Knowing what you know now about the music business, right? Mm -hmm. Knowing that, you know, ownership is very important because the man sitting next to you know that ownership is very important. You know, how, how do you, 
how do you continue to do music, you know, and pursue an opportunity knowing that if you are, which I'm going to say if, knowing that you are great and you're, you're very good, that opportunities may come and that people will try to take from you. What's your strategy in owning everything that you're doing so that you don't end up building something for someone else like Nick Cannon, who, who took that idea to them? They funded it. He was the brain behind it. For them not to like something you say and take it all from you. So although I may not, you know, say I agree with everything that he said, you know, what I looked at as an owner was someone taking something away from somebody that they created just because they had more money than them and had the power to do it. And I think that was a lesson that everybody needs to learn from that. Not necessarily everything else, but, you know, so how do you proceed being waking up, seeing everything in full spectrum about how the music business really work and ownership? Yeah. Um, I mean, for me, like, my number one goal is is to reach as many people as I can and to, to have a community. Um, behind me. So I'm not too concerned with having the engine of like a label or anything behind me. Um, you know, I think if I have if I have people who support me, that's the number one thing. And I feel like that should be artists goals. Um, you know, and, and then yeah, and then I can own everything because it's the people and we own that together, you know, and it's not somebody that's that's invested, you know, X amount and is and, and is keeping me in debt. Um, to do records for them so that they continue to make a profit off of me. Um, you know, and some people go that route, you know, and their goals might be different. Um, but those aren't my goals, you know what I'm saying? And so I think staying true to my goals and, and what I want um is is of primary concern to me. You know, but some people want fame and riches and they see this fast lane and then they, you know, they get that for 15 minutes and then they don't own anything and then you know, they back to the draw board for themselves on that. See, 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 that's why that's why you're in my top five, right? <laughs> you know, and number one, because I know as smart as he is, you you have to have some type of common sense. And you got a lot of common sense because that's uh, most artists, what you just said was the whole game. And you know, and it brings me to the fact that artists have to make a choice. Do you want to be famous? I remember listening to Jamie Foxx on one of his songs. Um, he said, you know, I'm sitting in a million dollar house and I'm broke. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? You know, you can be famous and everybody know you, you in front of everybody all the time and you don't have nothing in your pocket. I'd rather be under the radar in a pinto, right? Sitting on whatever I'm sitting on and you don't know what I'm sitting on, mm -hmm. right? And, um, and I like to connect with people that have that mindset. So, with that said, I want to jump into this game that we call 10. Okay. Right? All right. And and this is because I know we're wrapping up. So 10 is we give you, it's the game, so you, you don't have time to think about it. It's okay. going to be either or. I'm going to give you either this or either that, uh -huh. and you got to pick one. Okay. It's not about a right or wrong. It's about the mind of Demi. Okay? All right. Sounds good. Rhapsody or Remy Ma? Rhapsody. 
rocking the show with 4,000 people that you that know you or rocking the show with 15,000 people that don't know you? Definitely the 4,000 that know me. <laughs> you rather speak your mind or mind being spoken to? Speak my mind. Chorus and verses or 400 bars? 400 bars. <laughs> Lil' Kim or Nicki Minaj? Nicki. Malcolm X or Martin Luther King? Malcolm. Kim Kardashian or Cardi B? Cardi. 200,000 a show or 200,000 a show signed as an artist or hundred or fifteen thousand dollars a show as an independent? The fifteen. Would you rather be famous or would you rather be wealthy? Hmm. <laughs> wealthy. <laughs> That's good. Yeah. Good job, man. You did a good job. Man. You you didn't say PlayStation or Xbox. <laughs> no, man, because I ain't trying to deal with you tonight, man. Dude, you, you know what? Me and, me and D Ray gonna get this Madden game on. Yeah, right. when I see it. <laughs> when right. I it. Thank you, Ron. I did. Thank you, Ron. Thank you, Ron. Thank you, Ron. You see what happens when your friends turn against you? And they're trying to treat you like an outcast. You know what I'm saying? Wakanda forever. Wakanda forever. Oh, Lord. You're trying to say I'm fake, dude. That's crazy. Nah, man. But, no, no, you no, keep up the good work, Demi. Um, again, um, thank God for your music. Um, yeah, look forward, forward to even playing it even more. And so, um, yeah, just just keep following what God has called you to do. I think, thank so. you. Appreciate it. Any, any last words, Demi, before we get ready to go? Man, everybody can't be like you. Keep being thank yourself. You. And again, you can follow me on all social media at Demi Day Official. I would love to connect. And D Danny, 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 D-Ray. Yeah. On the last word. Yeah, good. Uh, nobody can be like you. Uh, follow Demi Day. Look for us. Day Crew Management. We're on social media as well. Um, and, and be on the lookout. Uh, Demi has some things on the horizon that's going to, to really change the game. And Ron? Yeah, hey, just, um, again, you all matter. And, and and just, you know, hey, just be you pretty much. Hey, it, it is what it is. Believe in what God has given you. So, uh, yeah, she she has a perfect song for it. So stream it. Check it out. And and, and let, the last thing I would say, man, you got to be you, man. You know, you know, whatever, what you, you can't be afraid to be you. And uh, if you're an artist, you know, and you're really serious about doing what you that you want to do with your music, you got to invest in you mm -hmm. and you. No one should ever out invest in you, mm -mm. right? Because if they do that, they have the right to ask to own you because they, they're paying for everything. Learn how to invest in you. Y'all hold on uh, before we get out of here. But I want to say that, man. God bless. Good night.